Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for another episode of The Baptist Bias. Looks like I'm going to have to be doing the show alone again. I was hoping that we'd... Wait, Ben? It's the... Is this the real Ben? What, How's it going? What happened to the real Ben? Let's just say that I took care of it, just like I did with uh, Todd Ferguson. Oh, you're going to have to tell me more about that later. Well, I... I don't know what to do about a Ben log. I mean, I didn't record anything. Don't worry. So it, you don't have to worry about it. I already recorded one earlier today. All right. Let's check it out. Good late time period, humans and persons. Eberhard Nestle and Kurt Allen have finally given us an exact Bible in the 33rd edition of their Nestle Allen Greek New Testament, sponsored by the Masonic Lodge. It's estimated that 666 new Bible versions will be published in the near future based on this updated Greek text. So we can finally realize what the Bible actually says. Some very ungood critics have asserted that gender neutralizing Bibles are satanic, but we assure you that there's really only one reason to constantly change the Bible, to make money, to make lots of money. Scholars agree we may have finally reached the eye of the pyramid with a newly discovered manuscript in an ancient dumpster with hieroglyphics saying, burn all this useless trash. In fact, all true scientists agree that this first century, give or take a few thousand years discovery, will give us the most completely accurate version of the Bible that we've ever been able to reconstruct. Yet scholars are most excited about the never-before-seen document included in the discovery called the Gospel of Lucifer. This completely gender-sanitized and gender-neutral finding will ultimately end all the misogynistic corruptions found in previous texts. For example, no more he. We've realized that in fact we should use the word persons instead. Oh man, we've decided to change to the more inclusive human in Micah chapter 6, and in Romans chapter 2, we've changed it to foolish person. The sin offering sounds a little bit too judgmental, and so it's been changed to the purification offering. Demoniacs has been updated to people possessed by demons. And more importantly, Song of Solomon in the King James Version has been changed from I am black to I'm a victim of the white supremacist, fascist, oppressive, patriarchal, communist state. See, persons who don't like these changes in the Bible also mock other politically corrected phrases that have been adopted recently by CNN and MSNBC, such as fat, which we all know is no longer acceptable. And that has been changed over to important person of size, a.k.a. POS, drunkard. Well, that's hateful. We've changed that one to adult beverage enjoyer. And the word whore is no longer acceptable. We now use the phrase vice president. Hillary Clinton accusers are now described as persons who don't breathe well. Ungood persons may scoff at these changes and mock these changes because they're bigots. And the reality is, if you're still stuck on archaic words like he, she, or man, then it's probably true that you have the Baptist bias.
Thanks so much for joining us for the pregame show of the Baptist Bias. We're doing the Preserved Bible premiere this evening, 9 p.m. Texas time, which of course is the only time that matters. For those lay people, it's central time. And we've got our co-host, Ben the Baptist. Why don't you say hello to everybody? How's it going, everyone? It's great to be here. I'm very excited about the podcast tonight. It's not every day the new a documentary comes out. It's not every day that a new documentary comes out about this subject matter, about the preservation of Scripture, about the King James Bible and how it fits into that doctrine of providential preservation. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. I cannot wait for the worldwide premiere coming up in just under an hour at 9 p.m., as Pastor Shelley eloquently said, Texas time, otherwise known as Central time. So it's great to be here. It's great to be back on the podcast and i'm looking forward to the next hour previewing this film well i don't know how we're gonna update for the next version when we have to talk about the gospel of lucifer and uh, some of these uh, modern changes are going i mean at what point would the modern textual critics not use a text in the bible well, I think that they would certainly update anything. I mean, James White has already admitted that, and you will see that in our film, on the Preserved Bible, in that film, we prove it beyond any shadow of a doubt that critical text proponents would update any verse in the Scriptures. And, you know, it's funny when we record something like the Benelog, and, you know, there's obviously some satire there, but in the next decade— who knows, maybe even sooner than that. It might not be satire. I mean, that it's already happening where they're using gender-neutral language in these false Bibles. I believe it was the NIV 2011 edition that did that. And so you have these modern Bibles that are already trying to use politically correct terminology. And in the future, because that Benelog was recorded sometime in the future, was supposed to be a parody of something that happens in the future, they also use the term white supremacist, uh, because of the fact that uh, that one is a little bit less offensive and, and, you know, white supremacist has been deemed an offensive term, you know, 100 years from now. So I just wanted to point that out. But it's great to see everyone in the chat room. And Pastor Shelley, I appreciate the opportunity to be sitting here and to be back on the air after getting kidnapped by ninjas last week, Jewish ninjas. Well, you got to watch out for the Jewish ninjas. Uh, also, we have a lot of people uh, watching the show this evening. If you have any questions, we'll be taking some questions. Also, we have our hotline where you can call in, and we might be taking some callers. So if you're interested in calling in and sharing us, sharing with us your feelings about the movie or the show, we'd love to be taking that. We'll put the number up there. I believe it's, um, is it 321-BAPTIST? So Sounds right. we'll be putting that up on the screen. And uh, you can uh, make a call if you'd like to. Um, also, you know, I kind of just thought maybe we could take a second to just share your your thought process about the filmmaking that we did here. You know, obviously it was a lot of work. It took approximately two years. I mean, we spent a lot of time with the filming, the editing. Tell us what were your, what are some of your thoughts about the ups and downs of making this film? What did you enjoy? What was kind of difficult? Well, what I enjoyed the most about it is just the subject matter. And through the process of doing research, through the process of watching hours and hours of content related to this topic, personally, I learned so much. And I feel like it's night and day compared to where I was at before getting involved in this project to where I'm at right now. Like, it is really night and day. And, and that's really what I've enjoyed the most 
is learning all of the new information, the new talking points that I've been able to derive from a lot of the research we've done about this film. I also really enjoyed the interviews that I had the chance to be a part of. We went and we spoke uh, together, Pastor Shelley and I, we went and traveled uh, and met Dr. Phil Stringer, and we interviewed him. And to sit in on that interview and to just absorb all of that information was great. Pastor Steven Anderson sitting in on that interview as well and listening to him talk about something that he knows so much about. Obviously, he's an expert. was a lot of fun. So for me, the research, the interviews, uh, getting a chance to listen to the great preaching on this topic as well has been my favorite part about it. And I will say this, you know, I'm so much more passionate about this subject today than I was before we started working on this project. I always cared, don't get me wrong, but I feel like I'm just a lot more passionate about it now. My wife will tell you, I mean, I've been talking about this nonstop for the last like 10, 11, you know, year, really for the last year. And uh, so I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. I think what's been difficult is just the the production, you know, trying to make it look as professional as possible. Neither one of us are necessarily pros in that area. So we did the best we can, I think, with the graphics, some of the color grading. I would say that aspect of it was most difficult. But overall, I'm so thankful to have been given the opportunity to contribute in the capacity that I did for the Preserved Bible. I wouldn't take anything back. I'd love to. I'd do it all over again if I could. Uh, I loved every second of it, and I really appreciated the chance to be a part of this. I've benefited personally, but more important than that, just to get the chance to put a film like this out there. I don't know that there's a more important topic, because if you have the wrong Bible, you have the wrong doctrines associated with that false Bible. We need to get people on the King James Bible. It's the only way to save this country. And so to be a part of a process to help enlighten people about this and get them on the right Bible and help them understand what the doctrine of providential preservation really is and how to apply it in 2023, it's an opportunity that I was never, ever, ever going to reject. I'm going to take that every time. So thank you for the chance to be a part of this. And I just hope that those watching at home enjoy the movie. Well, I definitely understand the, you know, the difficulty of making a high-quality production. I guess that's why I get what I pay for. But, uh, you know, of course, I agree with you. <laughs> Working on the film really helped uh, even myself learn a lot. And, and we had some really great interviews, um, and we we met some really great people. I even have with me, actually, a couple books here. And uh, I felt like maybe beneficial on the pregame show to introduce a few of the characters that are actually in the film. Some people really don't have any idea who these people are. But one of the people that we had included in our film was Dr. Umberto Gomez, and he actually helped translate the RVG 2010. And so I have a copy here. This is actually a Bible that we helped publish in the sense that we made physical reproductions of it. Dr. Gomez gave us permission to actually make physical Bibles, and we used his RVG 2010 to make New Testaments as a handout when we go out soul winning, preaching the gospel, and um, they came out really, really nice. We had a publisher that we worked with that helped create this, and um, me and Brother Oz actually worked on getting all of the font and everything set, and uh, it's definitely a lot of work, even after you have the, bi the book or the Bible or whatever it is, to end up printing these things, but um, we have free copies that we give out at our church. And, you know, it was great to have him on 
the, the, or in the film, get an interview. And we're going to actually be releasing full interviews from uh, Dr. Gomez and some of these other people. You know, you got to hear the whole interview with Dr. Gomez. What did you, what were some of your thoughts as far as, you know, that interview specifically? Well, what I really liked about it is, first of all, the fact that he has such reverence for the received text. And something he brought up in that interview is the fact that he appealed to the received text of Scripture in order to come up with the RVG 2010. It wasn't like that he he didn't just translate directly from the King James. Obviously, they used the King James, but he appealed to the received text, to the Greek and the Hebrew, to the original languages, to come up uh, with that. And I thought that his testimony of salvation as well, getting saved by, as he calls it, you know, a King James Bible believer, and just how much respect and love and reverence he has for the Word of God, and how disappointed he is to see uh, those who would translate other Spanish Bibles while utilizing the critical text, while utilizing the Greek that is based on corrupted manuscripts of the Alexandrian tradition. So it's nice to see somebody who loves the Word of God, who has a passion for the Word of God, who has a passion for soul winning, who's doctrinally sound, and who gave the Spanish people an excellent version of the Bible. Now, I don't speak the language, but everybody who has read it has told me, Pastor Shelley, that it really is truly an excellent translation of the Word of God. Well, what's interesting about um, that situation for a lot of Spanish speakers is there's a lot of Spanish churches in Texas and Mexico and these areas that are King James only in the sense that that's the only English version that they will use. They believe that it's the preserved, inspired words of God, yet they will often use what's con- what's called like an RVG, or I'm sorry, not RVG, but an RV1960. So it's a Reign of Valera 1960 version. But the problem is the 1960 actually makes a lot of variations in the text that are similar to modern Bibles like an NIV or the ESV. And so that's just a very inconsistent theology when you're using the quote-unquote NIV in Spanish and you're, you you claim to believe in King James only for the English. That's kind of a, you know an interesting dichotomy. And so, of course, the, Dr. Gomez wanting to purify the Spanish Bible as well, uh, worked with several different people to end up producing the RVG 2010. Another individual that we had uh, got an interview with was Dr. L. Donald Brake, or I'm sorry, Dr. Donald L. Brake, and he's written a lot of books. I only have one of them with me. Um, He actually gave me another book that I don't have with me, but he's written several and this one's called A Visual History of the King James Bible. Now, Dr. Uh, Donald Brake is a historian. Um, he's also a rare Bible collector. He has several rare Bibles at the Dunham Bible Museum, which is located in what used to be called Houston Baptist University in Houston. It's now called, I think, Houston Christian University. But it's a free museum. You can go in there and visit, and they have a lot of different cool exhibits. We actually took a trip there. And um, talking with uh, Dr. Brake was a great interview. Um, he's very knowledgeable. In fact, our interview, he just te- he's just talking about so much history just off the top of his head with so much accuracy. You can tell that he truly understands the subject matter. Um, he has a lot of reverence for the King James Bible and has written a lot about the King James Bible. And I really like this particular book. I've, I've read several portions of it. And uh, he even has some comparison charts in here where he compares um, the Texas Receptus and the King James Bible with modern versions, and it definitely 
uh, very different. So, you know, I'm interested. How did how did you even find Dr. Brake? Well, I must admit it was my lovely wife. Thank you, sweetheart. She and the Plant Brothers are going to love this. That's an inside uh, thing there. They claim that my wife just does everything uh, behind the scenes that I then in out in public talk about. But anyway, uh, she she emailed me one day uh, with a link to one of Donald Brake's blog posts, and I clicked on it, and I read it, and I just saw the respect. You brought it up, the respect that he had for the King James. But in addition to that, his uh, knowledge of history and everything that went into getting us the Bible in the modern era. He had a great amount of respect for the manuscripts that fall under the Byzantine family. And so I figured this would be a good interview for us. I thought that the his, excuse me, I thought the history section of our film needed a little bit of rocket fuel. And I think you could say that Donald Brake added that. And as you watch the film, you'll see he carries portions of the movie and does a great job explaining. In particular, I really liked what he added to the section of our film talking about John Wycliffe and everything that Wycliffe went through and what Wycliffe believed about bibliology and his view, which was in contrast to the Roman Catholic Church. I don't want to spoil too much. You know, it, there, there's just so much there. And Donald Brake was able to give us his perspective on that. He also gave us a great perspective on Tyndale, the making of the King James as well, some of the translators, Lancelot Andrews, he gave us background information on. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed uh, not only his interview, but also what he added to our documentary. And thank you to my lovely wife for sending me information on him. Yeah, and uh, I guess your wife also helped us with another she, gentleman that's in the who film. Knows, she might have edited the whole film. I mean, who knows? I'm just kidding. Do you even have any personal opinions? I, I, or? Yeah, I don't. Okay. No. Well, does she write the sermons? She writes the, everything. Okay, that's good. <laughs> well, we had another interview with a man named uh, Dr. Bill Stringer, and he is a pastor, author, evangelist. Um, he's written books as well. He's an author of this book called The Unbroken Bible, and you know, what's interesting is this is pretty similar to our film as far as concept, and he's he's written about the preservation of God's Word. And Dr. Stringer is not someone that grew up as a fundamental Baptist believing that the King James Bible is the only preserved Bible. He actually has a history where at one point he was a textual critic, and he did not believe in the King James only position, and he ended up studying it out for himself after having gone to Bible college and realized that the King James Bible is the preserved word of God. And so that's, in my mind, a great testimony to hear someone being fed all the lies of college and the scholars and the textual critics position. And then when actually researching it, realizing, wow, this is just a bunch of fluff. And that's what we hope with this film. We hope that people will research, they'll, they'll study, they'll, they'll try to actually pay attention to the arguments. Because I think once you start slowly paying attention to the argument, or once you start paying attention to the arguments, you're going to slowly start realizing, wow, there's not really any weight to the other side's arguments. Um, now, have you you've read some of this book? Is that correct? I've read the whole thing. I thought it was an excellent book. I agreed with a vast majority of it. I think Doctor Stringer is extremely knowledgeable on this subject. We pretty much agree, you know, and he he has some excellent talking points that he brings forward in the film. You'll notice it. A lot of people actually I've spoken to about this subject knew about 
Dr. Stringer before I did, and they had been a fan of his for a while, and, and, and a bunch of people that I've spoken to, Pastor Shelley, are very excited to see his contributions to this film. And he is proof that people can change their mind on this issue. I've met many who have, even those who consider themselves to be authorities on the scriptures, or maybe they've already been ordained, or they've been preaching for a long time, they already know a lot about the Bible, they can change as well. It's possible, which I think further underscores the importance of our documentary, because I think it is very possible that someone somewhere somehow will watch the film and maybe have a change of heart, much like Dr. Stringer did. And look at him now, producing books like The Unbroken Bible, which is a, a really cool title. Yeah, he even gave me another book um, called Evangelism Made Simple, and I've kind of read through some of this as well. It's uh, tips and suggestions for soul winning and how to address different conversations, such as talking with a Muslim or a Jehovah's Witness or just different kind of situations you may find yourself in when out soul winning. And, you know, it's great to find other men that are zealous for the King James Bible, zealous for soul winning and evangelism. And so, you know, Dr. Stringer uh, was, a, was a great, was a great guy. Um, it was really fun to talk with him, and his interview was really good. I, I look forward to releasing the full interview with him as well. And, and really, with this film project, we have a lot of content that did not make the final cut. Uh, I think that Ben's deleted scenes is a longer movie than the original, the actual movie itself. He's not exaggerating, folks. <laughs> That's likely true. So hopefully we can uh, release, you know, after a few weeks, we'll start releasing a lot of this content kind of on a regular basis. And so, you know, if, if, if this film, you really enjoyed it, but you kind of wanted more, just stay tuned, subscribe to the channel, and we're going to definitely be releasing a lot more information, interviews, the deleted scenes. I'm going to be making some clips talking about this subject. And, you know, the film, while it's a very, in my opinion, complete film, it, it makes a sound argument. There is a lot to why we use the King James Bible. There's a lot to understanding where the Bible comes from. And for those that are very interested, we want to supply more information and more documentation. But at the end of the day, you know, if you've seen that they're different, you understand the argument of doctrine preservation. That should be enough for you to decide, you know, King James Bible is my Bible. There was a lady at Steadfast, Oklahoma City, and, and I apologize, I don't know her name. Miss Rhea. Miss Rhea walked out of the theater and essentially said, if you could see that whole thing and still not change your mind, I don't know that anything's going to help you. And I just loved that. That was like one of my favorite reviews. Yeah, it was a great review. <laughs> because it's true. Of course. I mean, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you can take a, a, a horse to the lake and you can put his his mouth next to the water, but you can't force him to drink. Can't force him to drink. And and so, of course, we can drag people to the King James Bible and show them why it's the best Bible. But at the end of the day, you know, that's just not you can't force someone to believe the truth. And, you know, but I do believe there's a lot of people out there that are just a little bit ignorant. They don't have much knowledge. No one's taught them anything. No one showed them. Uh, you know, what the differences are. And so they have an opportunity here to change. Uh, I see a comment in here. They were saying Dr. Stringer was teaching at Mickey Carter School in Haines City, and that's where some other uh, pastors, Pastor Patrick, Bo Patrick Boyle and Pastor Joe Major had attended. And um, when I actually talked with uh, Dr. Stringer in the film, he, he brought that up. And, you know, you, you want to listen to the whole interview, but 
He definitely doesn't agree with that group anymore as far as the King James Bible is concerned. He has a different view than them. And in my mind, he has the right view when it comes to the Bible. And so, you know, it's kind of a testimony that even being around people that have a different viewpoint, um, he, you know, he can stand on what the truth of the Word of God is. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Dr. Stringer wants to maintain a healthy relationship with anybody and, and wants to be friends with people. But he told me that people have separated company from him for simply taking, you know, a, a strong stand on the King James Bible and believing that it's the preserver of God and also even, you know, accepting the Texas Receptus and the preceding Bibles. And, um, you know, you can watch the film for yourself. But, you know, for the most part, I agreed with pretty much everything that Dr. Stringer had said in his interview. And uh, so I hope people will uh, give uh, him a chance as far as, you know, his perspective on King James onlyism. For sure. Yeah. Like I said, I have a great respect for Dr. Stringer and I think he is an authority on the subject. He knows a lot about it. And I wanted to say, just to add to the discussion, I know we do have a caller, uh, Pastor Shelley, in the queue. Just wanted to put that on your radar. But I will say this, when it comes to the film, there are two goals that I hope can be achieved with this documentary. Just two. The first one is this, educate. I hope that people who watch this, even if they are already on our side, walk out of, well, the the theater showings have already happened, but after the film is over, that they can say, I learned something. And if that's the case, then praise God. Here's the second goal that I have for this film that I hope can be achieved. Inspire. I hope people are both educated and inspired by this film. I hope that they both learn something and feel inspired to, as a direct result of the movie, pick up their King James Bible, dust it off their shelf, and read it, right? That's the goal right here, is that people get inspired to read their Bible and get plugged in and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Educate and inspire. That's what I hope we can achieve with the Preserved Bible. Now, one thing I want to talk about before we get too far in here, and I haven't had a chance, we are going to be doing a competition for the film. We're going to take, we'll take a caller after I explain this, but we are doing a competition in the film. There's two ways to win, and we're going to actually take the top 10 winners in both categories. So in the film, we have one callback, and a callback is essentially reference to a previous film project that we have. So if you can put the timestamp and what film the callback is to and email it to Steadfast Baptist KJV, you are going to win a prize. Now, the prize is going to be, in part, we're going to be making some new shirts. We're going to make some, a new Sodomite Deception shirt, and we're going to be right. making a new Preserved Bible t-shirt. So if you can get the callback, we will get you a new shirt, and it's going to be for the top 10 people. So even if someone's already got this, the first 10. Now, I, I know some people out there think they already know this, but you got to give me the exact timestamp and you got to give me the, the name of the callback film. If you can if you can email that to us, whoever's the top 10, we're going to send you a free shirt along with another prize. The second part of the competition is there's an Easter egg. Now, what an Easter egg is, is it's kind of an allusion to something that's going to happen in the future. And uh, we hope to make more documentary films. There is going to be um, other projects that we're going to work on. And so we put a very clear Easter egg in the film in reference to a, a future work. And so, again, if you can give us the timestamp 
And exactly what the Easter egg is in reference to, the first 10 people on that are going to also get a shirt. Now, I will say this. You can't win both shirts, though. So mm. if, if you got to pick which one you want to email us in. But essentially, we should have 20 winners if everybody wants to participate in this competition. So the first 10 people that are going to email us the timestamp and the reference to the callback will re- will win a prize. And the, ne- the other first 10 people that can give us someone's going to be creating a new email account. I, I feel oh, like, I am you know, sure. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, if you want to put your name and address in there, um, we'll be sending these things out. Uh, so we just wanted to make it a little bit fun, pay attention to the film. There's a lot of cool right. stuff in there, but this is a friendly little competition we want to put in there. And so we'll be putting, uh, uh, you know, that information out. This is kind of your opportunity. Of course, watching the Baptist bias, you get all the information first. So, Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got 120 people on the live stream. And make, make sure when we wrap up, we're going to wrap up a few minutes early. Click on over and watch the Preserved Bible. Put some comments in there. Share the film. We want to really. And pay attention. Uh, yeah. You course. have to pay. You got to pay attention to this film. You can't just kind of be half in, half out. Pay attention. Now, let's go to ahead to our caller. Someone can give me uh, who our caller is. It's Brother Sean. We can get him patched yeah, through. We can hear what he has to say. Some of his research made it into the documentary, in fact. Yeah. Well, Sean, do you, wanna, can you have him in yet, producer? Can you, can you hear me? Dead air until he's in. Okay. He's on? All right. Can, can you hear, hear me, Brother Sean? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Brother Sean, go ahead. Speak. You're on live. All right. Hey. Going once, going twice. Here. We need you to talk to us. I'm right here. Hey, oh, there he Sean, is. How's it going? Oh, hey, going great. Saw the saw the film on Saturday, and it was absolutely fantastic. That's great. Now we don't want to spoil anything yeah. for for our audience out here, but um, did you get to see it in theaters? Yes. Yeah, I got to see it in the theater in Washington. Well, Brother Sean, I remember yeah, we, we talked a, a lot at the Red Hot Preaching Conference about this subject, and I was really uh, excited because you had such zeal for this topic, and I like talking to people who have a lot of zeal, and so uh, that was cool. But you had sent me some research. Without spoiling it, did you notice that it made it in? I did. I did. I did notice that it made it in. And, and, you know, I, I've done a lot of research on this. I've, I've preached about it at church. Pastor Thompson's been really supportive of, uh, of preaching about it. And, um, and I, I've done a lot of research. I actually, uh, Dr. Stringer, uh, saw some videos that he did earlier. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it there's, there's so much information. There's so much out there that, that proves that, that, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously we just trust the Bible. We trust that God's preserved his word, but there is so much evidence to show uh, beyond just what the Bible says that this is the word of God. It is preserved. And, and it's just amazing to, to see that because, you know, with, with, I, I believe it through faith, but, but then when I actually look at the record and, and, and I look at, at, the, at the evidence, it all lines up with Scripture. And it's just absolutely incredible 
to see um, to see that, and I've been able to to you know uh, to, to, to tell you the truth. The, the whole reason why I even got into the new IFB was because this whole uh, Bible issue. Uh, I was I was really confused because I'd see all these different versions, and and then um, I had someone tell me once, "Hey, you need to get a real Bible. You need to throw that NIV in the trash," and that kind of led me into this whole, well, you know. Is there one, you know, Bible in the English language for us? And uh, and the evidence overwhelmingly was the King James Bible. So, um, now, one of the yeah. some of the quotes and some of the research you had given us, um, mm-hmm. I ended up looking up and kind of researching, trying to get the source. And there was a letter that King James had written to his son. I think it's called the Basilicon Doron. Is that something mm-hmm. that you've actually read? Yes. Yeah, I, I've actually read it, and I actually preached a, a sermon about it. Um, but uh, but it, it it's just this amazing book. I mean, think about this. Think about it. If someone came to you and said, "Hey, Pastor Shelley, I want you to write a book about about how your son should act," and that's what he did. He wrote he wrote a book. I, I think it's split up into three parts. It's like a king's duty to his people, a king's duty to God, and a king's duty to his country. And it's just very well thought out, and it's just soaked with Bible. Right. Um, and and just every turn, he's just constantly quoting scripture, and it was it, it was it was incredible to see that. And and I I really do believe that. Uh, uh, I, I mean, you you go back to Deuteronomy 17, where it talks about the rules for kings. If you look at all those rules that were in the rules for kings, and you compare that to King James. He really tried to keep all those rules, and I actually, to tell you the truth, I can't find another monarch that that did that besides Jesus Christ. I mean, you know. Um, and, well, that letter was, definitely gives was, a lot of insight to his affection for the King James Bible, and specifically yeah. even just Christianity, which it's, it's funny to me because I had preached about a guy Sunday night, and his name was like Matt McMillan. And he said, there's a rumor out there that King James wasn't even a Christian. And I'm just like, this guy has done zero research to say such a stupid comment or or the idea that King James is somehow not even a Christian is just such a bizarre uh, statement for someone to make. And, And I think anybody that's done any level of research would realize, you know, the absurdity of such a claim. I, I feel like someone like you could appreciate how foolish of an idea that could be. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, just to give a little context into Basilica Doran, you know, uh, Cambridge university has the original handwritten manuscript that he wrote and it's on their website. They actually have pictures of it because I, I kind of thought maybe in the back of my mind, maybe King James just had some bishops put this together for him or something. But then I found out that no, they actually have it in his handwriting, and and I was and I, I it, it it's let me tell you it's hard to read because it's in cursive and there's a lot of the just the way they spoke was was different, but um, to see him like write stuff out and then scratch out entire passages, be, you could tell that he was really thinking about it, and and um, it, it's just. It, it it's it's a level of of thought about the Bible and and about what God expected from him that that you just don't see these days and it's really it's really made me 
think about how I'm going to raise my own children. Yeah, it, so, it, it really yeah. Uh, challenged me to think like, wow, maybe I should write a, a book or a letter to my children about how to behave. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, obviously, you're someone that studied the topic more than others. Uh, you have a lot of information and knowledge. But as far as the film is concerned, did you still feel like maybe there were some things you learned or uh, was there anything that was kind of new to you on the subject matter? Yeah, totally. Uh, there, there were several things that, that, that I thought were stuff that I, I really hadn't looked into that much. Um, that, that really, I don't mean, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, Sure. but like, but like there, there, the, I really liked the narrative. Uh, it was very engaging. Um, and I mean, to tell you the truth, even when some of the stuff came on that, that like I, I, I wrote out, I was, I, at first I was like, I was like, oh no, is this going to be like too, I, I don't know, too dense on information? Are people going to get disinterested? But then I was really ple pleasantly surprised to say that, no, it, it's not. It flows really well. Um, everyone I talked to was like, they, they got it. They got the information that was there. And, and it's just, it, it's, it, it's one of those things that, you know, like I, I, I geek out about it. <laughs> And some people are like, okay, that's too, too much information. And I get that. Um, but, but, you know, I'm so excited about it. I want people to hear about it, but I really think the documentary is a great balance of, of here's, here's a lot of evidence, but also I love the way you guys put in a lot of Bible. And I I've seen, I've seen quite a few people try and argue the King James position, but then there's so little scripture that it's like, what's the point, man? If, you, yeah. if you're just going to try and prove it through secular means, then, I mean, because, you know, God wants us to, to I mean, that that's, I mean, faith is what God wants. He wants us, right. you know, how, how can we please God without faith? And, and that, that's how, that's how I approached this was that I, I knew the King James Bible was inerrant. I knew that it was perfect. And so when I started investigating these various aspects of it, I, I thought I, I just all it was doing was confirming what I already knew, and uh, that was that that was that was it. It was it, it's just it's such an amazing book, and every day when I open my Bible and I read it, it's just like, you know, this is God speaking to me, exactly. and and I don't have to worry about um, whether it's been translated correctly. I don't have to worry about whether it's been preserved correctly. I, I don't have to worry about any of that because God's going to preserve it. He promised that he would preserve it. He promised that he would make it available and it's available to me right there. And, and I can just, it, it's, it, it's just, it's such an incredible feeling to know that the creator of the universe, it loves me so much that he's just like, here, here is my inerrant word that is, that is, that is speaking directly to you. And it, it's, it's, it's an awesome feeling. And I really, uh, you know, especially what brother Ben was saying, you know, the whole point of this documentary is for people to just dust off the Bible and read it. I mean, right now at our church, we're going through the, um, the, uh, one month new Testament Bible challenge. And we just finished, we're just finishing up reading the new Testament in a month and man, you know, reading the new Testament in a month, it gives you a perspective on, on, uh, on what was going on with Jesus, you know, reading the gospels, I think I think I read the, the four gospels in like two or three days and it, it was it, it's I, I don't know it just it makes it 
it makes it come alive. And, and that's, that's something I encourage people to do too, is just, just, just read your Bible. I mean, you've got God's word right there. You know, there's so many countries around the world where they don't have good translations in their own language. And we do, and we need to take advantage of that. You brought up reading your King James and just thinking to yourself, these are the very words of God. And you, you compare that to critical text proponents who are excavating, who are using archaeology, who are trying any, any, through any means possible to discover what the original autographs said. They're trying to reconstruct the text to figure out what the original manuscript said. And for us, it's as easy as picking this up and reading it. Here you go. Here's what the original manuscript said. I have it right here. It's called the King James Bible. You can read it from Genesis to Revelation, and you'll know what the original manuscript said. And if you want to know what it said in Greek, pick up an 1894 Scrivener. You want to know what it said in Hebrew? Yeah. Pick up a uh, uh, the Masoretic text from Daniel Bomberg. I mean, it's like these people are on this never-ending mission to find the Word of God, and those who adhere to the received text position, who believe in King James onlyism, for us, we have it. We have God's Word, and what a special feeling that is uh, that really has been rejected by these Bible correctors who are still excavating and trying to find what they believe is missing when it's really not, it's been preserved right here for you. And we prove the doctrine of preservation up one side and down the other in this film. You brought up the scripture. There yeah, is so much scripture on that topic in our documentary. Yeah. Well, and one other yeah, thing no, that I, I thought mean, was interesting, there was a, a reviewer that said this too, but he said, which one of these modern Bible translators would be willing to die for their translation? You know, what when when is James White going to be willing to die for any version of the Bible? or the NIV editors, would they be willing to die for the NIV? Whereas, you know, I think the martyr aspect of the King James Bible is, is in, in the preceding Bibles is a very interesting point. Whereas with you have the modern Bibles, if they're really the word of God, all this martyrdom and all this work and effort that happened throughout history is, is really kind of nullified is it's, it's almost vain and pointless yeah so it's like n the people that died for the bible died for the wrong ones and then the right one no one's willing to die for it it, it just kind of is, a, is it's a strange viewpoint the, the yeah the wrong ones that are supposedly the right ones aren't being used i don't want to spoil the movie but i will say this pastor shelley our bible was written with the blood of william tyndale the new in the new testament in the sense that he gave his life to get the refining process started providentially with the English translation of Scripture, and then you go a hundred years into the future and you have the King James Bible, but it's largely based on, and we talk about it in our movie, just how important it was, uh, William Tyndale, and how much of his work is still present in our Bible today. Hey, why don't you give us one more plug, Brother Sean, uh, for the film, or, or any last thoughts real quick? Yeah, uh, I just, I, I love the way it was so informative, and, and like I said, it was, it, was, it was interesting from start to finish. At no point in the film was I like, was I like oh man, you know, the, the, this, this is getting boring, or anything. It's, it's just, yeah, I mean, like, when, when, when it ended, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's it? I, I didn't even feel the passage of time because i mean you're just you're just interested from beginning to end um it's edited really well 
Um, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a snob when it comes to like editing and filming and stuff, and and uh, and and I really like the way it was done. The music is fantastic. You know, this is something that you can really like give to someone who maybe doesn't know a lot about this issue, and you can say, hey, here's this documentary, um, and it, it clears this up, and. And it's not going to be like something that they watched in high school that's real boring. It's going to be like, you know, they're watching on the Discovery Channel or the History Channel or something like that. Something they're going to be, that they're just going to be like, wow, this is awesome. And then when they get to the end, they're, they're just going to know for sure, for a fact, that the King James Bible is God's word in the English language. Well, amen. Great, great review. I, I really appreciate you calling in. Um, thanks so much for uh, giving us a great and positive review of the film and, and even helping with uh, some of the uh, filming process and editing process, you know, giving us some some information that we could use. And so, um, you know, one thing I did want to play was that clip you had of Jack Hiles. And we have an often argument against the King James Bible is, oh, it's just too hard or you can't really understand it. It's too difficult to understand. Archaic. It's yeah, all these archaic words, but it's funny to me cuz you know, in the film we put a lot of King James Bible in there and no one ever tells me like, "Oh, one of those verses in there I didn't understand." They always seem to understand all the verses we show and use. It's just a it's kind of a a, a sad argument yeah. or a pathetic argument in a lot of cases, but we have an older clip of uh of a preacher Pastor Jack Hiles, and he was a really famous preacher. He had a large church in Hammond, Indiana, but he's going to explain to us his viewpoint on how hard the King James Bible is. Today, I decided to find out how hard it was to read. So I just opened it where it would, and I closed my eyes and put my finger down. And let me show you what I found. The first one I opened to said, and, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, Behold, an angel touched him, and said unto him, Arise, and eat. Wonder what that means. (laughs) Let me exegete that for you. And as he, that's opposite of she, Lay, that means you ain't standing up. And slept, that means you ain't awake. Under, that means he wasn't on top of it or even with it. A juniper tree, that's something that grows out of the ground, got a trunk and branches and leaves on it. I'm exegeting. And brothers, just as near exegeting as all these dried up professors give you in our colleges these days. Let me just keep on exegeting while I'm at it. Behold, that means look at there. Says, then, then, that tells you when it was. And, that it means it's just one. Angel, that's something that's got blonde hair and floats around with, with a magic wand all the time. Touch, that means that you made contact. You rubbed his hand with some goo. Said, that means he's talking. 
Under him, that means he's talking to somebody else that wasn't a she or an it. Arise, that means get up and eat. Any crazy fool doesn't know what that means, ought not to understand the Bible. So I just opened it to another place. I, let's go over here, the tough one, the Chronicles, where the, and I just pointed like that. Here's what it came to. And the Lord, that's the fellow lives up there, appeared, that means somebody seen him, to Solomon, that was a king, by night, that means it was dark, and said, that means he's talking, unto him, that means he's talking to a he, not a she, or an it. I have heard, that's what you do with your ears when somebody's talking. I mean, this Bible sure is hard to understand, isn't it? Hey, I pointed, I just, I pointed out just like that, and here's what I got. While he was yet speaking, there came also another. Help me, I need the NIV, folks. I beg you, throw me a Moffat's translation. Give me an amplified. I am lost in the depth of this book. You sorry scoundrel, you. You lazy rascals spend all your time giving us new Bibles. Why don't you shut up that, that uh, uh, get your old King James Bible and shut up all that translation you're doing and get you a bunch of prospect cards and go soul winning. Amen. Well, that, was, that was a great clip. That was awesome. But I was a little triggered by all the he and the she. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, if he actually realizes that was a mistranslation, it should have been humans and persons. That's right. And if you disagree, you are a threat to our democracy. <laughs> uh, Pastor Hiles is so entertaining. I, I feel like if you went to a sermon of his, it would it would be almost unfair. It's so entertaining. You, it would almost feel like you weren't even at church or something. Right. It was, it was, <laughs> it's so good. And uh, that's why he ran thousands. Yeah, of course. He changed the whole country. I mean, Absolutely. so many men were sent out of that church, uh, independent Federal Baptist. And it, it's kind of funny that we have Pastor Stephen Anderson, who went to Hiles Anderson College, studied under that. He's listened to a lot of uh, Pastor Hiles sermons. And all of these churches that were started from, Han from Hiles Anderson College in that era, it's like they don't like Pastor Anderson, but Pastor Anderson... Is, has listened to so much Jack Howell's preaching and preaches a lot like him. And it's it's funny. It's like they don't like Pastor Anderson, even though he's basically very similar to and preaches a lot like the person they supposedly look up to and, and kind of led them out and sent them out. It kind of makes me think of John when he talks about how the church will no longer receive him. It's like a diatrophies there who love at the preeminence. Um, but it's a kind of a sad, a, a sad state of affairs. But, of course... You know, we we don't have animosity towards the old IFB. It's usually the other way around. You know? I love them. And I'm hoping with our film about the preserved Bible, maybe we can make some common ground. We can make some more friends and, and some more people can uh, see that we're not just these awful, horrible, bad people, but rather we're just truly convicted fundamental Baptists that love the Bible and want other people to make the same change to the King James Bible. And this is an area of common ground for a lot of us independent fundamental Baptists, and we should be able to come together on this. Yeah, we might disagree on some eschatology or, or whatever. There may be some doctrines where we might not see eye to eye, but when it comes to the doctrine of the Bible, when it comes to the doctrine of providential preservation, this is something that 
we should be able to come together on. And that's why I give credit to somebody like a Dr. Phil Stringer for doing the interview with us and contributing to our film and recognizing that we see eye to eye on this crucial issue and we can together try to take down the critical text proponents who are doing everything within their power to stymie the work of God, to confuse people on what the Bible is, and to confuse people on what God said. Jack Hiles, Pastor Jack Hiles, said it best in that clip. The King James, one of the attacks against it is that it's too difficult. It's too hard. You can't understand it. Baloney. That's garbage. And he disproves that. Now, there are certain passages that are difficult, but that's because the Bible itself contains both the milk and the meat. There are going to be certain parables that are harder to understand. There are going to be certain chapters, Daniel chapter 11 comes to mind, that are difficult to understand. But that doesn't mean that it's the King, it's not like an exclusive issue with the King James. That's the Bible. That's the Word of God, folks. You have the milk and you have the meat. Well, again, if, if the Bible, as des- describes, is Jesus Christ, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, we understand that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Why would I ever assume that I'm going to understand all of it instantly? It, there has exactly. to be some level of difficulty if this is truly the Word of God, you know, given down from man or given from God to man, then there's going to be a level of, of difficulty. Um, even with any language as well, you're going to have to learn new words. And it is, it's silly because these modern versions have all kinds of bizarre words and difficult passages in them as well. And so it, it's just a fool's errand to claim, oh, I need a picture book or, or whatever it is. You know, you're never going to cater to the lazy. You're never going to cater to those who are so simple minded that they choose not to understand the Bible. And so, of course, this film itself is not going to cater to them. Uh, it's actually going to use words and, and speak in a way where you have to actually pay attention to listen. It's not a cartoon, folks. Yeah. And what's wrong with trying to uphold an English language that doesn't sound like it's coming from the mind of a complete idiot. Our language continues to get dumbed down, text speak and the street talk and all the rest of it. And I think, you know, why don't we be a force for change in that area and say, no, we're going to preserve the right way to talk, right? We're going to reserve the right way, preserve the right way to speak. And any hobby that you come up with, football, certainly golf, you talked about tea time last week. I had no idea what that meant. But my point is, any hobby that you want to be interested in, that you have an interest in, is going to come with terminology that you have to learn. Football, golf, hockey, whatever sport, whatever hobby, you have to learn new words. Well, guess what? With regard to the Word of God, the same rule applies. You're going to have to probably learn some new terms, but there's no harm in that. Absolutely. And, you know, we're getting down to the last few minutes here. Um, it's five minutes. It's less than five minutes, and the film is going to start premiering. And we're going to be cutting off just a few minutes before that. So we're, we're pretty, getting pretty close to wrapping up. One last reminder. We have a competition. If you can spot our callback, email us immediately the timestamp along with that callback. The first 10 are going to receive a prize. In addition to this, the first 10 that can find our Easter egg timestamp and what the Easter egg is in reference to for a future project that we're doing is going to also receive a prize. We're going to be sending out new t-shirts uh, that we'll be making to them. So uh, it's it's going to be fun. Pay attention to the film. Please share, like, uh, subscribe. And even if you want more, stick around, you know, check our channel. We're going to be releasing 
a lot more information. And I really appreciate uh, all those that have supported our church, supported Pure Words Baptist Church, supported Steadfast Baptist Church, uh, and supported us and able to make this film. You know, if it wasn't for our church, if it wasn't for those that are generously donating to us online, and even those that just donated of their time, efforts, and energies, we wouldn't be able to make a film like this. And so it's not a one-man show. A lot of people helped me with the film. A lot of people that probably aren't even going to get recognition have helped me on the film. And, and I have to say thank you to giving us this opportunity. I feel very privileged to be able to make a film like this and be able to share this. It's an important topic for me. Uh, I love the King James Bible. And so, you know, I just want to make sure that others can also appreciate the Bible that we've been given. Well, I think that's going to end up doing it for us. Make sure to check out the Baptist Bias Weekly, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Here, we're going to be having several more episodes this season. You don't want to miss them. You want to check them out live so you can call in. You can give us your questions. And that's pretty much going to wrap us up. Why don't you go ahead and close it out, Ben? I don't care what you're doing right now. Drop it and head over to the Love Thy Neighbor YouTube channel to check out the worldwide premiere of the Preserved Bible. It starts in minutes. And folks, for Pastor Jonathan Shelley, this is Benjamin Naeem signing off. And we will talk to you guys again after a while.